like even myself, like I've dealt with, you know, depression. I've dealt with, you know, suicidal thoughts and actions. You know, it's yeah. like people who grow up in those situations, like tough situations or situations where they feel like more lonely, yeah. you know, because they don't really have anyone to connect to or like that either propels or kills. Yeah. You know, you know, some people don't make it through it. Like I've watched my dad struggle so fucking much throughout my entire life. My mom, like single mother, four kids. And then just even growing up, just trying to figure out how to feed myself. Like, I'm just like, how the hell did you do it? You know? And now we're like living in a condo in South Shore. Dope. Another episode of Adversity Kings. We're live. We got to be in the hundreds. The hundreds now of episodes. Special guest today, Kair. Absolutely. Right? Yep. What's the last name? Stallings. Stallings? Yeah. Dope. How old are you? I'm 23. 23? Yep. Dope, bro. Turn 23 so, in May. Let's go. Born and raised in the south side of Absolutely. Chicago. Yes, sir. Let's go. What part of the south side? I grew up in Roseland. Roseland? Um, Roseland is kind of like uh, in the hundreds, you know, so, you know, it's the hundreds are known for being like the wild hundreds, like that's what they call them. Yeah. Um, when I turned 17, me and, my, me and my dad, we actually moved to South Shore, so I stay at like the end of Lakeshore Drive, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And so what was growing up for you like then? In Roseland? Yeah. Uh, growing up in Roseland, well, first and foremost, um, when it came to like, like my, my parents, they, uh, they got divorced when I was three. Yeah. So, um, from like three until 11, I was living in uh, Northern Illinois for a while. So it's a place, a small town called, called uh, Zion, Zion, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, when I turned 10, my mom got remarried. So then we had moved to Texas for a little bit. Marriage didn't really work out too well. So we moved back to the North part of Chicago, but we were like, a little homeless for a while, uh, so staying with our my mom's grand my mom's parents, so my grandparents for a while, and then uh, I was supposed to move back in with my dad. Well, I was only supposed to, we were only supposed to be there for like a month or like a summer, you know, not 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 too long. But yeah. then it turned into twelve years, so I've been here ever since. Okay, ever since I was eleven. So, who were you closest with growing up? Um, like in terms of my parents, anybody? For sure, my mom. Your mom? Yeah. Um, I'm my mom's twin. You know, I look I look just like her. I got I got three other siblings. So uh, for the most part, my brother, uh, yep. me, me and my brother in the middle. So I have an older sister, older brother. Then it's me. I'm the third. So are, are you the then, middle? Yeah. So me and my brother are in the middle and then I have a little sister. Okay. Yeah. And so are you and your brother twins? No. Nah, we're four years apart. Okay. So he's four years older. Yeah. Okay. So you're actually the middle child. I'm like the middle middle. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And then you have a little sister. So what about your older brother? What does he do? Uh, he currently works at Offshore. Okay. Um, so kind of like a rooftop bar and uh, at the end of Navy Pier. Okay. Yeah. And then is your dad still in Illinois? Yeah. So I live with my dad still in South Shore. Okay. So you yeah. live with your dad, but you're closest with your mom still. Yeah. Me and my I, I, like when I got older, uh, me and my dad started getting Rekindled a lot closer. Rekindled and everything you know? like that. Yeah. I was never really distant from my dad. Okay. Um, we were just like when I was younger, we always like see him every other weekend. So yeah. it wasn't really enough time to, yeah, makes sense. you know, nurture my childhood with him. But yep. my teenage years and my adulthood has been with my father. So, yep. um, learning a lot from him on the, on the man side of things. Now, what did, what did they do for work growing up? My mom, she's worked in the health industry for most of my life. Um, she's currently doing marketing. Uh, my dad, he's been in and out of like insurance, you know, sales oh, jobs. insurance also. Yeah. He, not, he okay. does, uh, right now I think he's, um, He's a HR for like uh, like some consulting firm or mm. something like that. So for the most part, insurance for him for sure. Dope. Yeah. Dope. 
Same. Yeah, I know you do. I know yeah. you do your insurance too. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah, absolutely. So you're growing up and then transitioning into kind of high school. What was your high school and your college life like? Um, so high school, uh, in terms of like socialness, I, I didn't really talk to too many people outside of my grade. You know, I had like my very close knit friend group, you know, sat at the table freestyling a lot, you know, making jokes, you know, just, yeah. just having fun. Like most teenagers um, wasn't like super duper popular, wasn't like super duper lame either. Like I was like in between. I was kind of like more so just trying to. But in high school, I wasn't really applying myself too much. Yeah. So when it came to like colleges and actually opening up that opportunity to like get uh, scholarships and things like that, uh, because my grades didn't really reflect my intelligence because I wasn't really taking it seriously. Yeah. I uh, didn't really have too many college options. So instead of like taking out loans to go to college, when it was something I didn't even know if I wanted to do. I just decided to just start working after yeah. that. Uh, but in high school, you know, I, I didn't really, uh, especially with um, Chicago public schools, like I never really agreed with the things that they choose to teach, if yeah. that makes sense. Like it is, it's very specific to like, STEM programs or like if someone wants to go into like a science industry yeah. or like, you know, engineering or mathematics or anything like that, it doesn't really give, it's not really tailored to the students. Yeah. If that makes sense. So a lot of people flunk out. What was your favorite memory growing up? My favorite memory? Yeah. There's a lot. Um, if you were to put like one or two, what was the favorite, favorite thing that's Like from happened? like early childhood? No, just your, let's just say your whole life. My whole life. Yeah. What's your favorite memory so far? Um, you most proud of my favorite memory. I wouldn't even say most proud of because <laughs> it definitely took a turn. But my favorite memory was probably my uh, like my twenty first birthday. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to like get more out of the house, trying to do like more things outside. Uh, so me and my friends, me and some coworkers, we uh took like this uh, reggaeton river cruise. It was pretty fun. Um, for the most part, that's like probably as basic as it gets. But yeah. Um, also uh. Miami. So as you said, like, like me, I do like, um, canvassing, like yeah. I work with nonprofits and things like that. So they actually have travel opportunities. So they actually sent me to Miami and also new Orleans, yeah. which was, you know, pretty, pretty astonishing for me. Cause I never really got the chance to like travel outside of Chicago. Yep. You know, some, some that happens a lot in Chicago is that like, it's, it is a very beautiful city, you know, it's actually like rated second most beautiful city in the world, but a lot of people get trapped there, Yeah. you know, because it is very, you know, centric, yeah. I, I suppose. So what, what went down in Miami that you love Miami so much? Just Miami. Yeah. Like if you've ever been to Miami, like just the, the, the culture, there was a huge language barrier for me as well. Yeah. So it made me excited to like, um, it was just, it was just a challenge, you know, talking to people, um, because like most of the population there is, you know, Latin. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of Spanish speaking people I couldn't yep. really communicate with. So, um, also just like the air, like I don't, I don't necessarily like too hot temperatures, yep. but the humidity there kind of makes it feel like welcoming, mm -hmm. I suppose. Yeah. Also, there's just like iguanas running around, you know, wildlife, snakes. You All know, over the place. I'm bigger to nature, so I, I, I like that type of stuff. So, what got you bigger to nature? Childhood, really. Yeah. Um, my mom had a very big influence in that, uh, especially growing up in northern Illinois. You know, there's tons of like nature preserves, things like that. We will always go fishing. Yeah. You know, me and my siblings will always go like hunting for like snakes. We're well, not hunting, but like go to catch snakes, yeah. you know, turtles, snapping turtles, you know, frogs. Yep. Like that was real big part of it. Actually, I'll change my favorite memory. That was probably my favorite memory for sure. Like just spending time with my siblings and because uh, we don't really do that too much anymore. Yeah. So um, just having a home yeah. was probably like the most 
you know, like the most uh, memorable thing for me, especially growing up. Yeah, I feel like a lot of know? kids don't do that anymore. Get yes. out of the house. No, they really don't. You know, you know? it's like video games, yeah. computers, Instagram. You know, kids don't really have a appreciation for, you know, going outside and like at all eating dirt. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. No. Yeah, no, but <laughs> but in all seriousness as well, you know what I mean? Like whatever, you know what I mean? Just I remember like it was like a rule of like you're not allowed in the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? If the sun's out, you're right. not allowed in the house. Exactly. Like, why are you in here? Like, go outside. Exactly. If you're so, in here, do, a cho- do your chores. Right? So what was the hardest adversity you've had to overcome so far in your life? Um, hmm. For the, for the most part, I kind of touched on this like yep. when we were, when we were uh, speaking outside under the Chicago sign. Uh, for the most part, just trying to be yourself in, in an environment where being so similar to others is more, more welcomed, I suppose. Yeah. Like, you know, when you grow up on the South side of Chicago, you know, you have like drill rap, you have, you have, you know, there's, there's a lot of gang activity that happens on the yeah. South side. Right. Um, me personally, that doesn't interest me. Yeah. So there was a lot of people I was growing up with who were in that, you know, type of, you know, they were going down that path and, you know, if I speak out against it, you know, I'm lame or if I, don't want to do a certain activity I'm you know this or I'm that and uh for the most part just trying to you know be myself you know I'm a I'm an artistic individual uh you know there's times where you know you know people would just like doubt my blackness or doubt the fact that I am colored you know people call me like white boy all the time or just I didn't really feel welcomed by by my community which which hurt for the most part but then it it also triggers something in me of like I don't really give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Can I curse on here? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I don't really I don't really give a fuck anymore. Yeah. And that I, I would say that is probably like the hardest hurdle to get around, especially when you grow up like that and then transitioning into adulthood and you're doing your own things, like you kind of pick up some of those traits that you had when you were a child and bring them into your adulthood, which is detrimental, especially when in terms of like doing business, uh communication, just um you know, building relationships, you know, just any, anything is stunted by, you know, ego or pride or like, yeah. uh, you know, wanting to do something because it's like reading, like, you know, people call you lame for reading or like people call you, you know, it, it was just, I suppose, trying to stand out in a crowd that was very similar to each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Without being killed. Yeah. And uh, I can relate to that. You know what I mean? I can relate to that a lot, except I moved from Arkansas to Pittsburgh, we're a predominantly white area, so I was still, even being as light-skinned as, I'm, as I am, right. I was like the dark dark kid there, you know what I mean? So right. dealing, dealing with racism and, and different things like that. But Not for, for sure. me, I never really been triggered by racism. I more, I more or less just utilized it as an opportunity to exploit my anger because I was always an angry kid. Yeah, no, same. So I would just be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody dropped the, the N-word and I would be like, all right, I'm going to just beat your ass. Not because I care about the N-word because I could care less. You know, right. like a word is not going to define me. And I knew that at a very young age. I was like, I don't give a fuck about that word. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, I was no. like, honestly, you just activated my black card. You know, right. I barely got one, but I got one. No, you know that, I, mean? I have you know the right to whip your ass. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, I remember actually my, my eighth grade year, my uh, principal told me I use it too much. And uh, it was right at that point that I got like a parole officer and I was like, it was like my first expulsion. It was either I have a parole officer or I get expelled. So I was, I did not accept having a parole officer. So I had to 
I had basically got expelled my eighth grade year, my, my sophomore year. So, and it was all fighting, and uh, I, I referred it all back to uh, racism and different things like that. I grew up in a small, small, like a, like a, almost like, kind of like probably a step above of like, like the, the eight mile, you know what I mean? Like a white trash neighborhood, yeah. like just a step above like that white trash neighborhood type of, type of deal. And it was just, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It yeah. kind of makes you who you are. So, no, nah, for was, sure. I think I'm more grateful that I went through it than than the opportunity being placed elsewhere of like, you know, maybe if I grew up in a sophisticated area, well diverse, whatever and, and I have no idea. My kids will have access to that, you know what I mean? So exactly. I'm I'm worried, you know, cuz I'm like <laughs> I don't know if I've 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 met one like I've met a I've met a handful of people that grew up in uh, in like just like a gifted situation, in, right. in a situation where it's like they never have to worry about Tons. anything. V- you know, very di- very diverse uh, background where they just love all types of people and, and different things like that. But but meeting somebody that has like everything handed to them or have have access to everything, growing up nine times out of ten, you know, usually they're like ungrateful or yeah. incompetent. You know, they're a baby. You know what I mean? Because everything's been done for them their whole life. Honestly. And, uh, you know, my best friend, not the case, you know what I mean? And he was telling me, I was like, cause he was, he was admiring, you know, my work in the insurance industry. And he was like, you know, my, my, his dad's a millionaire and, uh, he came, came and did, does insurance with us. Right. And, uh, so never, doesn't have to do that. Didn't have to do that. His dad take care of him whenever. And, uh, he said, you know, my dad told me there's two ways people get rich. He said, there's desperation and inspiration. And he said, I fall in the category of inspiration because I'm inspired by my dad. Mm-hmm. But the category you would fall in, it's desperation because, you know, essentially from the situation you grew up in, you're desperate to get out of it. Right. So I really like that. Um, yeah, no, that, I yeah. never heard that before. Yeah, I held deep. on to that. I was like, because it, it almost would be assuming like every police officer is a bad police officer or assuming every black dude's a gangster. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like making an assumption or it's like whatever, sexualizing things, being racist, whatever it might be, just being stereotypical. It's like, Every every rich kid isn't an asshole. Right. You know what I mean. Some exactly. of them are well rounded. They have a hunger, and they're going to carry on that that legacy of wealth that the the forefathers and foremothers created for them. No, absolutely. So it's dope. I definitely see that in like, like I was just like as you were saying that like I was like people who grow up in those situations like tough situations or situations where they feel like more lonely. Yeah. You know because they don't really have anyone to connect to or like that either propels or kills yeah you know you know some people don't make it through it which is why like even like even myself like i've dealt with you know depression i've dealt with you know suicidal thoughts and actions you know it's like but the way i saw it was you know because i grew up with like like my my grandmother's passed away before i was even like conscious uh you know, my my other grandfather, I wasn't really too close to him. My dad's dad, I wasn't too close to him. I'm currently, like, still trying to rekindle those relationships now. But it's hard to, you know? Mm-hmm. And not having those, like, pillars. Like, like he had he had his dad who's, like, really successful. Like, I've watched my dad struggle so fucking much throughout my entire life. And yeah. now we're, like, living in a condo in South Shore, like, above. Even though we're still in, like, technically a bad neighborhood, like, we have like a great view. Like I watch, I watch them work his ass off, and like my mom, like single mother, four kids, and then just even growing up, just trying to figure out how to feed myself. Like I'm just like, how the hell did you do it? You know? And they were desperate, you know, and they were inspiring at the same time. So it's like when you grow up in those type of situations, it kind of 
it builds character to the point where when you get out of that situation and you are in an environment where there are people who are, you know, inspired or there are people who are like naturally, uh, well, not naturally, but they are, they already have a leg up. You know, we tend to emerge through those situations the best, yeah. you know, because we, we've already seen the worst. You know, I've, I've, um, there was this one, one thing. Uh, actually, it was a comedian. Like, I, li- I like watching stand-up a lot. Yeah, same. And uh, I forgot who it was, though. But he was saying every poor man knows what he would do when, he, when he's rich. Like, no rich man wants to switch places with a poor man. You know, a, a rich man isn't fantasizing about what it's like to be poor. You know, he's like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, have the water turn off in the middle of the winter, you know, because busted pipes. I can't wait for that. Like, no one's, no one's thinking that shit. But every poor man, they know exactly how their rich life will go. Like, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. And that I feel like that drives people. Yeah. Or um, people make excuses as to why they can't get it. But, you know, we all have opportunities, even though they're not equal all the time. We all have opportunities, you know. Yeah, and it's just up to like will and determination to like find those. Thousand you know? percent. That's kind of like how I got into like music and things like that. Yeah. So let's talk about your passion. So, what are you most passionate about then? Is it music? Is that that's where you're putting all your efforts? Um, I'm most I'm, I mostly do mis- music because I I'm very talented at it. Um, like I don't really strive to be like the best musician or like strive to be like the best rapper. Like, I know I'm not, you know, I know I have plenty of room for growth. Um, I know I am more consistent than other individuals. But as far as, like, what I'm passionate about, I like the idea of setting my, like, my family, like, my current family and my future family up for success. Like, I'm, I'm more passionate about that. I'm more passionate about, like, if my mom has an issue or if my sisters have an issue or my brother and there's, like, most most issues are, you know, based based around compensation. You know, most most issues are based around you know money, yeah. especially for them. You know, especially in situations where you are uh, struggling. You know, financially. Like, if uh, I, if I could go here, you know, I would. Like, I wanted to just be like, shut the fuck up and go. You know, yeah. um, shit. Even when you said like I flew, like you were on the phone, like I, I flew my mom out here. Like that's that inspires me. Like I'm like, holy fuck. Like that. I want to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to send my mom somewhere because she deserves it. You know, she, yeah. she worked that ass off to make sure that I'm good. And now I have to return the favor in my opinion. Facts. Tenfold. Facts. If anything. I think that's so, it's so important to just, just go 24 seven in your twenties because, you know, I think everybody will have the opportunity to give back to their parents in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. But I think you're going to squander that opportunity because we start in this world helpless and we leave this world helpless because we just, we're, we're living to slowly die. You know what I mean? And that might sound, I don't know, gross or brutal or hard, but it is what it is. It's just reality. You know what I mean? So yeah. eventually you're going to be 90 years old, 100 years old, or I don't know, medicine might prolong it to 150 years old and, and you're incapable of wiping your own ass and, and getting out of bed and different things like that. And so you are going to be that individual or you're going to put your parents in a, in a care facility where somebody's taking care of them. But I want to give them the world now right? because of my mom. Give my mom the world now for the world she gave me or attempted to give me growing up. You know what I mean? Right. Kind of like my mom reminds me of uh, Pursuit of Happiness. You know, she didn't, she didn't have a financial degree or go out there and, you know, get some type of stocks, stocks and bonds or securities position. But she worked three jobs and, you know, was never home, 
but did just enough to keep the lights on and keep food in in our stomachs and different things like that. And sometimes we, some days we didn't eat. Some weekends we didn't eat. Right. Some days the lights were off, the water was off, no, different same. things like that. So it's like, I, I, for me, there's no other option. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I, I'll sacrifice all of my twenties if it means while she's still coherent and and competent and capable of enjoying and experiencing in her fifties. You know what I mean? I feel like I don't know how much you know longer I'd have. You know what I mean? So it's we grew up so rough. So it's like I don't know like how much longer health wise we got. So it's like right. if she's got another ten or fifteen years, it, I, you know, I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure she gets you know to spend ten million dollars each year. I don't you know I really don't care. Right. It's never really guaranteed. Exactly. You know, not a day. Especially for in, her or me, it doesn't matter exactly the age. Exactly. No. Especially in Chicago. I, especially <laughs> in Chicago. No, that's why I have like such a like a deep appreciation for my parents because. Yeah. You know, so many, you know, I could have went down the wrong path so many times. Yeah. And, you know, they're from the same area as 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 I am. You know, they're you know, my dad's from the south side. My mom's from not too far away. Like, yeah. And they all they had their struggles. And regardless of the struggles that they had, they made sure we still were good. You know, they made yeah. sure we had clothes on our back. They made sure we had a Christmas. We had, you know, um, and now growing up, I realized that those are like just you know, benefits for, like, most single mothers. But Mm. even still, like, just the idea of going out of your way and, like, asking someone else for help to make sure that your kids are happy. Like, it's, that's, that takes a lot, you know. Especially when it comes to just being, being humble, like, humbling yourself just to make sure that there's food on the table for your kids. And, like, that's what drives me more than anything. What inspired you to get into music? Um, honestly, my, my dad, yeah. um, my dad, my uncles, you know, they were always rapping, you know, whenever I was with my, whenever like we came to our, our dad's house, I'd be like, Hey dad, play your stuff. You know, I like, I like hearing my dad's music, you know, he's one of those like old heads, you know, yeah. kind of like, but it's, it's cold though. Like it's, it's a cold flow and you could tell that he's smart. Like he's, he yes. has very smart bars, like same with my uncles. And I was always around that. Like they were always freestyling, having ciphers and things like that. Um, also just hell, just being in Chicago, you know, Chicago is one of like the most influential, you know, cities when it comes to music, you know, especially when not not necessarily drill, but like you have like Chance the Rapper, you got Kanye, Lupe, you got, you know, all these great, you know, Mick Jenkins, you got all these great influences. So like for the most part, uh, I started off doing poetry. Like uh, I was in this program, actually I'm still a part of this program, it's called uh, Kumba Links. Yeah. It's like an after-school program powered through After School Matters um, in one summer Chicago. It's kind of like a after-school for, like, for like students in, uh, in Chicago public schools who they would rather keep off the street, you know, who are also facing adversity and also live in horrible situations or need to escape from home and, like, can't really go home because they're in toxic households. Um, so it just gave them a place to just release creatively. So we did photography. I started off doing photography. Uh, with my sister and stuff so it only made sense to do photography there but they had like poetry slams like all the time and um, I don't know if you heard of it but there's this uh, there's this poetry slam between like a bunch of schools and then Kuma Links was also and like some other organizations they'll have poetry slams uh, I forgot the name of it Louder Than a Bomb is that a movie? no Louder Than a Bomb is like a it's like a competition oh, you know okay kind of like dance battles but yeah. poetry um and every school in the world does it or something no nah, so that's mostly here in chicago oh, okay yeah um not every school did it either like okay. there were just 
slam teams. It didn't even have to be a school, you know, just, you know, slam teams will come together and they'll express, you know, their stories through poetry. Yeah. And I grew up a lot of, uh, like, around a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. And they always had, like, they could, they know how to, they knew how to tell a story. So then I started to try to do poetry myself. Yeah. But then I realized that when I do poetry, like, I was always rhyming. You know, I rhymed a lot, like always, kind of like Dr. Seuss almost. Yeah. But after a while, I was like, you know, I don't just throw on a fucking beat. And then after that, I just started rapping. How old were you then? I was like 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you release your first like album? Mm, I don't even say I released that album yet, but like mixtape around like 17, 16 or 17. Because I have uh, me and my friends, we're actually in a rap group. Yeah. Um. Entitled Slut Mob. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't mind the, the name, but um, we started off rapping. I was rapping with my friend Ryan, and he had like a studio, like a home studio, mm-hmm. because his his dad plays the saxophone, so he was always recording and stuff. So he started rapping first, and then uh, we went to his house one time. It was me, him, and like four other people, and like we made this horrible mixtape. You can't find it. I had them delete it. Horrible mixtape. But um, after a while, it was just me and Ryan. Like, the yeah. other guys didn't come around anymore. It was just me and Ryan. I was going to his house all the time and then, like, just developing my craft. And then um, I dropped my first solo one when I was, like, 17 or so. Um, I didn't really consider it too good. I started, I would say I started rapping at, like, 15, 16, but I started actually taking it seriously when I was, like, 19 or 20. So who's your dad's top two or three favorite rappers? Mm, that's a good question. Um... Or musicians? I would say Nas for sure. You always listen to Nas all the time. Um, Bob Marley and Damian Marley. And... Damn. Wu-Tang for sure. Busta Rhymes. Like, I grew, I grew up around, like, listening to, like, a lot of, like, centric hip-hop. Yeah. No. Um... Lauren Hill was definitely a household favorite. Yeah, Erica Badu, uh, Sade, Cleo Soul. You know. Who's your top two or three favorite musicians? As of right now? Yep. Mick but, Jen- but out of all time. Out of all time. Yeah, out okay, of all out time, of all including time, right now. Out of all time. Hmm. Including right now, out of, out of all time. Mick Jenkins, for sure. He's just real smart with his bars. You know, yeah. he has good wordplay. Um, I really like Don Tolliver. Uh, just his groovy flow. He just has a nice flow. Yeah. As far as like going further back, Buster Rhymes is one of my favorite too. Uh, Missy Elliott. Yep. Um, Who was number one? Who's number one out of all of them? Yeah. me i'm just playing now i don't i, don't, I like I don't, the confidence I don't, I don't i don't think i have a like a favorite you like, like tupac one. i do like tupac i like biggie more than tupac if i'm being honest with no, you you gotta get out there <laughs> <laughs> no. man biggie was cold biggie was cold it was all a dream i think i play that more than i play changes you know what i mean like, yeah. anytime i like anytime i feel like i leveled up and the moment just surreal like first time i made a meal i was like this shit is insane you know what I mean? Like a surreal coming from, you know, what, what I came from to where I'm at now and surreal. You know what I mean? Biggie brings that surreal. Whereas like Tupac, it's like a 
like a I don't I don't know it's like a consistent communication to the heart. Yeah, Biggie is like and the people like your to the people to your heart. Biggie's like mind blowing. Like man, yeah, Tupac's you know, like this shit was a dream. <laughs> Tupac's like he's more of like the commercial, you know, like you'll hear more of his songs in movies and things yeah. like that. You'll hear more like his songs are more are more so centric to like everyone could listen to it you yeah. know biggie in my opinion was just raw you know yeah. it's just gritty you know he was yes straight to the point you know his wordplay was um, both of them were fantastic artists you know fantastic R.I.P. to both of them for sure but um, crazy just overall like growing up in a gritty area and you know growing up around like such like you know that mentality you know i have to go biggie just for that are you on spotify i am yeah, Let's I'm see. on all platforms. What is it? Just Kyer? Yeah, with the black and red background. Mm-hmm. That's a dope uh, photography studio. Where'd you get that? Um, I got that done at Launchpad Studios. Um, my boy Kyo shot that. Shot that. Uh, okay, he shot that. Um, we had did a like one of those um like standing mic. Yeah. Like freestyle type type deals. So I performed something for them. Now it might not be on here, but what's your favorite song you've ever created? Hmm. Hopefully it's on here so we can hear it. I'm I'm pretty sure it's on there. Uh the favorite uh, I got a few. On my most recent tape, I would say Neon Gummy. Neon Gummy's the last the last song on there. That's your favorite so far that you've created out of everything? Out of everything. I gotta think about my discography. <laughs> uh Mia. Is that on YouTube or Spotify? It's on oh, there's a video on YouTube as well for Mia. I like Mia a lot. Just because it was like the one of the first times not one of the first times, but like I actually sat there and tried to like make an actual song with a hook yep. and you know, a video with it. And um that's probably one of my favorites. What's the sure. meaning behind it before I play it for a sec? Um well, for the most part, like the in, in in the hook, like I'm saying, like I really wish that you niggas had knew me better. Yeah. Um, kind of kind of talk about like, like growing up and yeah. that, you know, trying to be myself, yeah. you know. But you know, people don't know me at all, so that's kind of how that one goes. You care if we give it a listen? Go ahead, man. Oh. This shouldn't mess up our algorithm, right? Uh, as long as it doesn't get like copyrighted. Yeah, this isn't gonna get copyright. I mean, we got the copywriter right with us. Yeah, I'm here, so yeah. yeah. I wonder when the hook, how, when's the hook hit? Ooh. It's right away. I really wish that you niggas had knew me better, but you don't know me at all. I've been my whip and I scared off. You will not see me today or tomorrow. I cannot answer the phone. I'm sorry for missing your calls. We was busy being awesome. Shout out the homies alive and the losses. Pray that you don't see the grave of the coffin. Sorry for my niggas. Pray for my niggas that's going that way. Pray up and this, keeping them safe. I'm not religious, but I feel a hand on my face as it got me away from the danger. Might be my grandson, don't feel like a stranger. She making sure that I'm winning my race. She making sure that I have my own lane from the face. And all of the po- I gotta get you on now. Sometimes it'd be cut me off. Pose is flashing and posing on IG because niggas gonna live a. Product to sell, don't have an image to sell, so they stuck in the motion of lying about shit that they got. Hoping this music won't flop, but they passing this shit. Depressing their head like a bitch. Tell him he way less than average Damn, thought that your man's If he was your homie Then why are you out on your ass? For the same reason I don't really do friends I don't like germs I ain't tryna hold hands Steady embarrassment 
Say the embarrassment for the next nigga who can Keep the comparison, please don't compare me to niggas who ain't touched the band I'm well conditioned, I don't need a fan I took the shroom, I'm good on his hands Girl, bring a friend to make room for my man She do a shimmy, she do a little dance Shout out to her and them cheeks when I'm smashing I'm Michael Phelps in the pussy, I swam Not Kanye West, but I'm still going ham in this bitch I really wish that you niggas had knew me better But you don't know me at all Shit is good, bro. I think the second the second verse is like my favorite, like part portion of the song. For sure. That hit yet? No, it's about to hit right now. They voted for clowns. I keep the confetti, expressing in pals. My shit double stacking. We'll tell them all rounds. You are not welcome around me. Please get the fuck out my space and the fuck off my couch. The fuck out my face and the fuck out my house or get hit in the mouth. And finally silence and that's how I like it. Don't wanna be violent, so just move around me and everything's solid. You won't have to fight it. I'm running. You running, we both exercise. I really wanna tell y'all all the shit I did, but most of it's private. Bitch, you get way too much, I'm losing life. I see a bottle and I get excited. I really wish that you niggas had knew me better, but that ain't my only desire. I need a lot of shit, I need a yacht to travel the islands from all of the drama. We need a break from the shit, it's a lot. Fuck all the cops, I put that on my mama. I woke up, I felt the heat from the block. Ever since then, I became an insider. I really wish that you niggas had knew me better. I always felt like an outsider. They like my music, but don't. They were designer, but why am I flyer? I really wish that these niggas had knew me better. I'm tripping now, why am I lying? I got the talent, so why would I stop? I really wish that you niggas had knew me better. But you don't know me at all. I've been my whip and I skirt off. You and I see me today or tomorrow. I cannot answer the phone. I'm sorry for missing your calls. We was busy being awesome. Shout out the homies, alive in the lawsuits. Pray that you don't see the grave of the coffins. Piss my niggas. Probably gotta be my favorite. I wasn't I wasn't gonna play the whole thing and it was so good that I decided to play the whole thing. I was like I appreciate that. Man. You know, I think uh I guess not to discourage anybody that, that's in the music industry. It's like a lot of people are, are rappers, you know what I mean? So it's like you hear somebody shit and you're like, you got a lot of work to do. You right. know what I mean? It's not that you suck right now, it's like, bro, you got a lot of work to do before you, you right. bring me something that I'm gonna tell you that I like and this is good. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I got that, a lot of people. Full-heartedly. I got a lot of people. You know, with the podcast, I think that that's uh, that's a big, big niche where it's like a lot of people, you know what I mean, go into the, the musical pursuit of things. And I think you can be great at anything if you don't give up. You know what I mean? But people don't take into consideration or take into, like, into breaking down the factor of the not give up. That's three words. But that could be three decades yeah. of commitment, patience, and intentionality with your craft. And so a lot of people might get discouraged with like, yo, you got to get better, not realizing you, it's not, I didn't, nobody said quit. Right. We said get better. You know exactly. what I mean? It's like five years ago, I didn't know what the hell life insurance was. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like fast forward to today, it's like I own a life insurance company. So it's like five years from today, the life insurance company might be doing a hundred million, you know, it might be doing 10 million. It might be doing a hundred billion. Who knows? But as long as we don't give up, sky's the limit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shout out Biggie. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask like, like, uh, well, do you like decide to get into life insurance? Oh my man, this was, this was God's divine appointment. This was not my idea. I was uh, expelled my sophomore year. So I was two years just working doing a little bit of illegal street things. And I didn't have anything going for me. I was going to enlist into the military, but I was uploading my high school diploma that I received from my mother 
because she did. She finished my high school online for me. I paid her Damn. to do my school because I was done with school. I stopped. I really stopped school after like eighth grade. But essentially, I paid her to do my online school, give me the diploma. I uploaded that diploma on Indeed and job sites because I just had that was my last throw right. before I was like I'm gonna just go into That's the Air Force right. and uh, pursue becoming a pilot like my favorite movie Top Gun one of my favorite movies shout out Tom Cruise shout out Tom Cruise and I got an automated email from an Arius agencies I looked up Arius agencies the CEO was Simon Arius I looked him up just to like vet credibility because I was like I have no credibility or anything to my name that, right. that would you know make me deserve a position like a legitimate position and it was a life insurance company an hour away I didn't know what life insurance was but I saw this this dude standing on the Pittsburgh Bridge, Yellow Bridges in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, at least I know it's a real company and he's a real person. Went in, checked it out, you know, come and find out the only prerequisites into getting in the life insurance industry is a license, a life insurance license. Mm-hmm. Called up my mom. I think she called my grandma. We put together some money to get my life insurance license. It was like $150, but we was broke. I was talk, talking about we grew up in the, like, like, my junior year, my house got shot up. So I was like, yeah. Like we grew up, bro. Yeah, no, that's hard to front. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, so I was like, you know what I mean. Now it's like I don't, th- I don't think about that, but it's like then it was that was a million dollars. So, you know, we came up with it. I got my license the next day. I stayed up all night studying my course. Went through the. It's an online course that takes fourteen days to get through. I got it done in seventeen hours and passed my state exam the next day. Yeah, Mind you, you know, I'm I'm like you. My I'm not a genius, but my intellectual abilities did not reflect my grades because I did not give a fuck. You right. know what I mean? Like exactly. I just wanted to flirt and be the, a class clown. <laughs> you know, so that was that was that was that. You know what I mean? And my first year I made one hundred fourteen thousand dollars, and I never looked back. And uh, it was I was I just sold insurance. I didn't know recruiting. You know, there was no team building. There was no franchise ownership or anything. I didn't know Simon Arias. So that was that was the insurance industry for me in a nutshell. Just divine appointment i've always been off and on on like really pursuing god like when i was a young young man and i think i think he just held on when i when i wasn't holding on and i was in a i was in a stage of like extreme prayer Mm. like it was just praying every night because i was so broken you know what i mean that probably for my i was probably in a depression you know what i mean now i look back at it just like just a darkness of like man i ain't ever gonna amount to nothing i'm never gonna get out of this hole just confusion just confusion you know what i mean i feel like and we get played with it in our generation because there's just these disconnects in society because our parents and their parents just assume that because they were 18 and 22 in between that age range and they could live on their own my mom's 55 she told me her rent was 300 dollars. her car payment was 98 dollars a month when she was like in college it's not the same I was, and she, i was like well, and she was like but we got paid way less i was like what'd you make she was like nine dollars an hour i was like do you realize that was that's two dollars 25 cents over minimum wage until they just raised it this just this past year right. you know what i mean in some states some states the minimum wage is still 725 yeah you know what i mean so it's like the the income isn't corresponding with the expense so we're telling these kids and I consider us kids still, you know what I mean? We're 20 years old. You right. know what I mean? We're telling these individuals that are 18 in between 28, 30 years old that if they don't have a $500,000 house or a house and a car and all their expenses paid off, that they're failures. Right. No wonder everybody, you know what I mean, wants to hurt themselves or right. feels inadequate or, or, you know, not fulfilled. It's because the people we look up to the most that we love and aspire to be like are telling us, you know, we're not complete because we're still in the house or it's like 
you you cannot Chicago. You got to make a hundred bands if you are gonna get out the house. Right. You, and and not like you ain't gonna be living a Playboy life making a hundred bands in Chicago. You're gonna be like, all right. You're gonna be all right. Yeah, you're gonna a, be straight. Gonna, yeah, you straight. You know what I mean? <laughs> a mill is like you're gonna be living some lavish in Chicago. But who who would have ever thought twenty thirty years ago saying like you got to? Uh, when I grew up, dr- we I dreamed of making a hundred grand. I was like, if right. I ever made a hundred grand, uh, like you, like you were talking about in regard to like how like a, an individual like you know, perspective on poverty of like, I got, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. I used to think about making a hundred grand. Like, yo, by the time I'm 40, I'm gonna make a hundred grand. I'm going to get this. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna take care of my mom. And I'm like, I'm 40. Yeah. That's that. I just wanted to be like, I just, I just wanted out. I just went out of the fucking hole. And I was, I think, uh, perspectives, they change. And you realize like in today's day and age with, with inflation and with just the disproportions to society, to, expectations and different things like that. It's like, one, we create our own mental health issues by the false expectations we put on our kids yeah. and one another. And then we everybody's on Instagram with rented Lamborghinis and shit like that. I was that. just it's about like, to say that. It's, it's like, you know, like, like, the a, it's like a facade. There's like a facade when it, like, that expectation of like, yes. you need to be doing this or you need to be doing yep. that. And then they took away, like, the trades that would make people that yeah. successful at that young age when they were younger. Showing the, you know? showing the pain. Like exactly. I live at so my now, office. Now everyone wants to be scammers and yes. everyone wants to do, yes. everyone wants to rap or everyone wants to, you know, do yep. all these great things. And then when they don't make it, they have to switch to that life of what they see is the way out, which is like either a life of crime or just sitting there and letting life beat your ass. Yes. You know, it's, and it's, it's a, it's a cycle, you know, history repeats itself. And, and the individuals that think it doesn't are just foolish. They're just uneducated. And you just kind of feel bad for them for thinking that way. It's like, it is what it is. The only thing we can do differently is, one, what do you have control over? You have control over yourself. Secondly, the individuals you come into contact with, you can have a positive impact or you can have a negative impact. But it reverts back to the first and only thing you have control over. That's yourself. Right. You'll always have control over you. And I think when people start to realize that Everything that's wrong in this world really can point back to the internalization of what issues are going on in here and here that you're not facing or you're not letting go. It's, it's much easier for a man or for a woman to let go of untethered emotions than to hold on to these emotions that will wildly lead you down paths of chaos and even extreme joy and extreme highs will lead you down paths of chaos and have you asking what's wrong with the world. What's wrong is you have no control over yourself. Right. The only thing the only thing you need to change the world is by internally changing your world. The external world is a reflection of our internal worlds. Mm. And when there's unity in that, then you have success, you have businesses that are able to scale, you have individuals that are poised, stoic, and calm, and hold themselves together and are able to have a positive impact. And people call them outcasts or call them weird because people fear what they don't understand. Right, so that's so that's the whole black community. Right. And nobody understands black skin. You know what I mean? Or, or why are why are we, you know, maybe a little more naturally to be athletic? Well, maybe because our bodies had to adapt because you enslaved us for four hundred years. Right. You know what I mean? And that's not just us. There's other there's other races out there that have been enslaved and have adaptations right. and different things like that where they might be a little more inclined to, you know, do something whatever it might be. You know what I mean? So it's like. People fear what they don't understand, though, and then right. you strip it down and bring it to a new area. No wonder you're you're afraid. You know what I mean? Where are the yeah. Native Americans? So we the didn't same. understand them, so they're dead. 
It's the same with like no, absolutely. It's the same with like shit, even medicine. Right. You know, just being healthy like that. Like there's so many black people who I run into are just scared to go to the hospital or yeah. just like terrified to, you know, get a vaccine or like you know. Yep do something that would be beneficial not only for them but for the people after them yes you know especially yeah. proactive because yeah. with the black community like i do lab work every quarter and i always talk to my mom about it and you know she's the white one but still giving me insight from from being in in that community and being in the medical field and uh more so just like there's not like a they don't educate one everything you need to know in the world pretty much just in our scholastic system does not get taught to you. It's like, I don't use the fucking parabola. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly now. E yeah. equals MC squared has never helped me. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like nobody ever told me to set up a credit card. I had to wait. Taxes. I, yeah. None of that. I was, I made a hundred grand and I, I could only get approved to buy a, a Honda Civic out of high school. You know what Damn. I mean? So I had $30,000 in the bank. You know what I mean? Out of, at 18 years old, 19 years old. And I was like, I could only get approved to buy And nobody told me to set up a credit card. Right. When you could set up a credit card, I believe at 11 or 12 years old, you know what I mean? So you could graduate high school and then be in the same position that I was in and get financed for a Mercedes or right. something like way nicer. And, uh, it's just, it's, and, and what's, what, what you can get approved for is a $400,000 student loan. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, Absolutely. <laughs> we get approved if it, if it benefits the right person. Right. And so it is, it is what it is. It's, uh, it's exciting that we're able to educate ourselves and educate the few individuals that will listen to us. And so that, that's what makes me uh, hopeful for the future is because changing the world just starts with changing one world at a time. That's what I always tell myself. Is, you know, we can just help somebody, then it was a life worth living. You know what I mean? If I helped one person, then I changed one world. You know right. what I mean? There's 8 billion people, 9 billion people on this earth. I don't, I don't plan on being able to change, you know, every person's life. God willing, I could. You know what I mean? But that would be with God and through God alone. But right. on my own, still utilizing God and, and the faith that I have, if if his if his will is for me to just impact one life, I pray I just impact one life. Right. You know what I mean. So that's that's fulfillment for me in and of itself. You know. Well, as we wrap up, because I got another appointment. Um, that's fine. Anything else on the top of your mind you want to share before I have you plug in anything you want to plug in? Um, honestly, uh, yeah. No, thank you so much yeah. for having me. Not not just on the on the podcast, just. This conversation was necessary, definitely, especially when um when it comes to like you know young black men, you know a lot of us are you know we feel alone or we feel yes. like we can't really express to each especially other, especially us us young black mutts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. mixed up. You're light. <laughs> I mean, you dark light skin to me, but I mean, I've just been mean? in the sun. Yes, and we're the same color. Yes, yeah, yeah. but uh, I definitely know that outcast feeling of like, yeah, you ain't really black. You yeah. know what I mean? And feeling insecure about it, like, yeah, I ain't real black. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right. So you know, like, I gotta show people pictures of my dad. Oh my! Like, exactly. But this is my dad for real. <laughs> this really is him. Or right, like that. I like like my dad will come to like uh, report card pickups or something. He'll be like, like that's your dad. I'm like, yeah. I told you. I told you I'm black. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't have to. Um, but um, no. Nah, but honestly, like just you know, we're in our heads a lot. Yeah. You know, and sometimes that is like it's good to to think to yourself and it's good to you know analyze on your own, but. After a while, it just becomes overthinking, and it's, after a while, it just becomes like really detrimental to who you can be as not not just who you are, but who you can be as an individual. So I really appreciate you saying those things because that's a lot of the shit that was has been on my mind. Yeah. Um. Like, I was I was about to say something, and then you just went ahead and said it. Like I was like, you see, this this is why this is necessary. You Absolutely. know, just just back and forth. Absolutely. You know? 
So I do appreciate you having me on your platform. I appreciate you, bro. And your music's fire. You got a great heart. You got a great vibe. Thanks I can already you, feel in your energy. And I'm excited to make a documentary with you over the years. All of all of these podcasts are intentional because I want to invite people back over the next 10 years and, and, and meet up once or twice a year and get on the podcast and update everybody. Mm-hmm. And then 10, 15 years from now, you'll have a documentary. You'll have 10 hours of, of film that yeah. we'll be able to compile. And this is a very long-term Sounds vision, <laughs> but this will be something you can show your kids. Of Absolutely. Like, Here's my life. You know what I mean? Like, here was me at 23 all the way up to 33. I, my vision's so long, we could take this thing to 43. You know what I mean? So it's like so 20 it. years from now, it's like being able to show something. Like, I wish I, I had a blueprint from somebody. You know what I mean? Of like, yo, here's here's my life. Here's what I learned. Here's what I did well. Here's what I didn't do well. And being able to show that to your kids and they can just watch it, press record or, or press replay and watch it and show their kids and be able to transfer that legacy through just this visual learning. Visual learning is the best learning. It's the only learning. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody's a visual learner. Yeah, no, I, I tell people that all the time. Because, um, like, not only do I do, like, fundraising and things, it's actually a management training program. So yeah. that's, like, a, a lot of things, like, when you're talking about the uh, only thing you can control is yourself. Like, yes. that's something we pride ourselves on every yes. day. Because we face shit tons of rejection all the time, you know. Like, 98% of the world is just a no, you yep. know. So, um, like, that is just very important not only to myself but also the people around me so yes it's really good that you said that so i appreciate that as well appreciate you absolutely it's just kai air on instagram it is it's period just Just period kai air anything else you want to plug in he's on spotify he's on youtube i'm on spotify youtube soundcloud apple music tiktok i'm I'm any any new music we can look forward to um i am currently working on something um as far as like Ready to drop. It's not ready to drop yet. Uh, I think I want like one or two more songs on tour, Dope. so I have to go to the, the studio for that, of course. But definitely got some things in the works. I'm trying to get a few more videos cranked out. Um, dropped the video not too long ago for another song, which, you know, check it out. Let's go. Pretty solid. Um, other than that, no, nah, not really. Got a show on uh, December 1st, you know, so, well, performance. I want to say a show. I'm just performing at one of my friend's parties, but it is what it is. Perfect. Nope. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate you, and uh, we look forward to having you back on. Absolutely. Peace out, y'all.